Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello, everyone, and welcome to It's June. Yes. Man, time flies when you're having fun. That did go by fast. I am Katie Patrick, as always, joined by Mr. David Fiorazzo and... Yes. Again, it's June, so we're happy. <laughs> now, we've been telling you all week that Freedom Project Academy, which is our K-12 Judeo-Christian classical online school, is enrolling students for the fall. And again, we want you, people, come take a look. See if it's what's good for your students. We would love for you to have your students enroll with us. Your child or children, your niece or your nephew, your grandchildren, whatever. They can enroll full-time or just one single course. Get some more information by requesting your free information packet at freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. Thank you, Katie. You are welcome. All right, friends. Let's go to Florida briefly and check in with someone who is under the governorship of Ron DeSantis and who always has a fascinating story every time we ask him, Alex Newman, go. Thanks guys, I hate to say I told you so, but just a few weeks ago we talked about the invasion of artificial intelligence into government indoctrination centers posing as schools, and sure enough, today we have a news article about artificial intelligence invading government indoctrination centers across Dallas, one of the biggest school districts in America with uh, something like 150,000 young victims subjected to this horror show. Um, now, this uh, particular AI program is intended to keep the children safe, which is how they always package their totalitarian measures, right? Uh, it's going to monitor and analyze the behavior of all the little children <clears throat> in this district, and uh, it is going to uh, allow the artificial intelligence to determine whether these children might pose a risk to themselves or others. Uh, they're calling it a revolutionary technology. It's developed by a company called Davista, and it's going to follow these students around. Using, and they're already using stuff like this in China, but it's going to follow these kids around, look at their facial expressions, look at how they're behaving, and uh, alert authorities if the child deviates from his or her or their in the modern parlance, depending on how they identify, uh, if it deviates from the normal baseline behavior that they have exhibited in the past. Uh, so according to a uh, press release from the Dallas Independent School District, they said the system is going to empower organizations to identify risk and take action before the projected risk becomes a consequential event or incident. And if you're thinking, hey, that sounds like pre-crime, that's because it is. Right? You don't actually have to do something wrong anymore to get yourself in hot water with the authorities. Um, if you just look like you might do something wrong, if you just look like you're thinking about doing something wrong, you may find yourself in trouble. Uh, according to this, uh, any event or incident is going to be flagged for the government, for the authorities to take action. Uh, it wasn't clear exactly what kind of actions might be flagged. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we reported about a six-year-old girl who was forced to perform oral sex on another student while the government school teacher sat in the classroom. This was in Texas, by the way. Uh, so it's not clear whether the AI would have flagged this kind of behavior uh, or if it's only kind of behavior that the government doesn't want to instill in children, which, you know, maybe they're praying or something. I don't know. You got to, you know, nip that in the bud. Uh, so according to the uh, district press release, this is what they said. DaVista's student safety and support platform enables comprehensive analysis and review of student data through software, minimizing inherent human biases and disparities by objectively assessing data points and reducing assumptions and cognitive fatigue. Uh, leveraging existing data within the school, and boy, you know they have a lot of that data within the school, uh, says the technology pays attention to students' participation, performance, and behavioral patterns. 
Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Um, so they say uh, this process establishes a baseline for each student derived from their past information, allowing real-time analysis of any deviations from their personal baseline. Folks, if you're starting to get creeped out, uh, good, you should be creeped out. This is insane. Um, and now they go on to say that... Um, you know, this is uh, highly praised. It's going to keep the kids safe. You got uh, several members of the school board. They're all trustees uh, chiming in, saying how great this is going to be. It's going to keep kids safe from gun violence. Which, and I always stop. Like, don't these people think like you know we didn't have gun violence in the schools prior to the 1980s. Kids didn't used to shoot each other. Kids didn't used to shoot themselves. Uh, this is an entirely new phenomenon. And yet, 100 years ago, a kid could order a fully automatic machine gun from a Sears catalog, and yet they didn't shoot each other. What has happened? Is it that guns are available? Of course it's not, right? We all know that if you stop and think about it. But uh, this was never about gun safety, right? The, the reason they're shooting themselves and the reason they're shooting others is because they're being indoctrinated to believe absolute lies from the pit of hell. So uh, Ron Price, the honorable Ron Price, one of the corporate executives who is helping to spearhead this thing, uh, he says this is going to leverage the wealth of existing student data sources within Dallas IHD, uh, ISD. So, folks, uh, when you realize how much data they already have, you realize this is absolutely insane. Um, all of this is going to be processed by the AI, just like we told you uh, and have been telling you for years now. Um, We've been sounding the alarm about this here at Freedom Project for a very long time. In fact, a decade ago, the U.S. Department of Education put out a report uh, highlighting different surveillance devices. They had a facial expression camera, a wireless skin conductance sensor. These were already being used in federally funded education programs. You can read about them in this U.S. Department of Education report called Edu Enhancing Teaching and Learning Through Educational Data Mining and Learning Analytics. Uh, and they said one of the ultimate goals of this technology was to, and I'm quoting here, make predictions about his or her future behavior. Behaviors. So uh, the AI will be monitoring, gathering data, and then making predictions about the possible future behaviors of your child. And if those behaviors aren't in line with what the government wants, you should expect a knock at the door. Now, in 2019, the United Abominations brought all the governments of the world together in Beijing, of all places. And you see the document here. They came out with the Beijing Consensus on Artificial Intelligence and Education, and it called for governments around the world to implement AI in education for a variety of different purposes, including, they said, to shape the values of children on every everything from gender and governance to the environment. Uh, they also call on this AI technology to be used to adjust curricula, promote the in-depth integration of AI and the transformation of learning methodologies, which sounds a lot like what population control zealot Bill Gates said just a few weeks ago. We reported it here. Artificial intelligence will soon be taking over the jobs of teachers and teachers will still get a salary. They could be like glorified babysitters. So, folks, when you combine the data that they're vacuuming up with these AI technologies, this is the biggest threat known to man for privacy, self-government government and even self-autonomy and agency. Uh, it's going to be up to parents to protect their children from this madness, from this horrific machine being built to enslave us. And if they don't, pack it in. It's over. Thanks, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Looking for a K-12 classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values? FPA is enrolling now for the fall. Request your free information packet at freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. Transgenders target our kids next on One Nation.
Hello, America. Welcome to One Nation. I'm Dr. Jake Jacobs. You know, I can remember my grandfather talking about working for Henry Ford many, many years ago when men were men and women were women. But now Ford Corporation and many other woke corporations across the country have gone insanely mad for the LGBT alphabet people movement. They have a new gay raptor truck with rainbow colors all over in the front in the hood, it's actually the transgender flag of pink, white, and blue, an individual trying to decide whether they're a boy or a girl. You know, I'm going to use a, a clip from a, a gentleman by the name of Dave Rubin. Now, Dave Rubin used to work for Young Turks. He was a pretty hardcore leftist until one day he had Larry Elder, who's now running for president of the United States. He did run for governor of California, and he was attacked by wokocrats and leftists as the black face of white supremacy. It's an outright lie, but they don't like his conservative Christian, uh, Judeo-Christian values, so they have to uh, make an attempt to Alinsky him and destroy him. But Larry Elder was on Dave Rubin's show, and he was talking about racism in America, systemic, institutionalized racism. And Larry Elder, through empirical, factual evidence, destroyed Dave Rubin's argument on one of his shows. It's when Dave Rubin had an epiphany where he came out of the hardcore left-wing world. He's now more of a libertarian. He's a gay libertarian guy. Okay. Well, I'm using his report about this new Ford Gay Raptor because I want you to hear what he says at the end of the commercial. So he's going to introduce this new Ford Gay Raptor, you know, uh, rainbow people, alphabet people truck. But he's going to make a comment afterwards that I have been talking about for years. Here goes the commercial. The cars. The cars are going gay. Okay. So Ford Motors put out this ad. This is uh, to... Up, you know, we've got the gay month coming, June. It's a whole month of gayness. Uh, they're getting ahead of the game, and they put this out for Pride Month already. Here you go. All right, so first off, Connor has a truck like this. And uh, Connor, I wasn't gonna tell you, but as a little, this is a little pre-birthday gift for you. We've out, your car right now is outside in the in the parking lot being uh, detailed. Gay, we're rainbow and that whole freaking thing. And you're gonna drive it around town. Very proud, you straight white freak. Um, that's one thing. Uh, the other thing, think about it this way. Let, let's say gay people are 10% of the population. Why, what is the obsession with marketing everything towards gay, trans, whatever, and the gay and trans have nothing to do with uh, each other. They're actually arch enemies, sort of like Optimus Prime and Megatron. Gays and trans should not like each other because the trans want to chop off the genitals of the gays. Let's put that aside for a second. Uh, why would you be marketing to a very niche audience? And who, what gay person is walking in when you want to buy a car? And, you know, okay, so you're sitting there, you're looking at two trucks. Well, which one of these trucks is gayer? Is this, what is this truck? Do you, do you have this in rainbow? It's just, none of it makes any sense. Oh, uh, with all due respect to Dave Rubin, it makes perfect sense. Because it is the way for the alphabet people 
the wokocrats, to disseminate within the culture more and more of their influence upon American, the American citizens, the American people, and especially the younger people. Did you hear him say that they are arch enemies, that trans and gays? Because he says the trans, they want to cut off our junk. And I've been saying this for a long, long time, that the T in the LGBTQIAAXYZ plus community is going to actually be causing serious troubles within the gay community and within the rights of women to be left alone. Now, it's interesting because we are approaching June as the LGBTQIA Pride Month. It should say actually plus on there. Right. And it's, it's we're in May right now. As you're watching the show, it's May. And the fact is they've used May and June for the Gay Pride Month. And it's disseminated all throughout the country, all throughout our schools, etc. Now, let's go back a little bit in history. When I wrote my book, Mobocracy, in 2012, I used the term uh, LGBT, LGBT, okay? Mobocracy, this is what democracy looks like, the cultural and political war to destroy our republic under God. I was dealing with the sexual revolution. I was dealing with the Marxists and the university professors and, and the perversion of sexuality and the influence of the ACLU upon uh, the institutions within the United States. And so that was 11 years ago, and I said LGBT. But I also did explain that the day will come when there's going to be an explosion within that world because they're redefining not only humanity, men and women, but they're redefining language. And therefore, this, what I call the slippery slope to Sodom or Gomorrah, whatever you want to call it, would exponentially explode, and it has. If you go back to the New York Times of 2013, look at the headlines of the New York Times. The next civil rights frontier is the transgender frontier. Then Time magazine of 2014 had a man pretending to be a woman, and it says the transgender tipping point, America's next civil rights frontier. See, they were equating what happened in the 1960s with civil rights when it came to segrega democratic segregation, discrimination, Jim Crow, etc. And now the transgender movement is the next civil rights movement. Then there was the National Geographic in 2017. Now the National Geographic, you know, <laughs> look at the headline. It says gender revolution. And then they got pictures of transgender males, transgender females, lesbians, queers. And then on the right, they have just a regular old male. This happens in in this particular case, a black male. And this is, in essence, you can see this permeating throughout the culture, in the schools, in the literature, in the news magazines. Guys, there is so much more to say, but for the rest of the story, watch the full episode of One Nation. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company.
So what you just saw there was deemed a family-friendly show. Seriously, it was. The dude, dressed in platform shoes, grinding his junk on another guy, pretending to be Jesus on the cross. That's family-friendly. I look forward to seeing what kind of showstopper they have planned for Muhammad. By the way, the LA Dodgers will be hosting this group to kick off Pride Month. Knocked it out of the park. Right there with that one. But why stop when we have plenty more stories trending left? And I want to head to the University of California, Berkeley. I mean, I don't want to, but we're going to. Where students recently received their diplomas in African-American studies. Watch how these well-educated, refined individuals graciously walk across the stage and accept their diplomas as they prepare to embark on their next chapter to better humanity. Miss Anderson said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Receiving a Bachelor of Arts in Disciplinary Studies field, Political Economy, Legal Studies, and African American Studies. He said disbursement and allocation, reparations for African Americans. Are you not entertained? I didn't realize that graduation ceremonies were where it's at in terms of getting solid entertainment value oh wait they're still not well next we're gonna head to uh, Macomb County Michigan where third graders three third graders were recently given an assignment to further indoctrinate them into the left's agenda as part of the writing assignment the question reads if you are a boy what would it be like being a girl if you are a girl what would it be like being a boy make sure to check your writing for capitalization complete sentences punctuation, and neatness. Well, hey, I'm just glad at this point that at least they're trying to do something with their writing and trying to be grammatically correct with punctuation and neatness and complete sentences and all that. That's something. It's still nonsense, but it's something. All right, well, now I want to show you a video of a woman who is so desperate to be a man that she has received gender-affirming piercings. It just sounds extremely painful to me. But I'm going to introduce the vampire who pierced too much. Technically, a gender-affirming piercing can be any piercing that you get that affirms your gender. Think of, you know, earlobe piercings for women. But when a lot of people say this term, they're referring specifically to piercings that help with bottom dysphoria for trans people. The specific piercings that I got are inner labes. A lot of transmasculine people will get these piercings and get them done at a large gauge and wear big heavy jewelry in it and it can emulate balls. And when you're wearing this type of jewelry in these piercings, it can affect the way that you have to sit and stand and walk in a way that makes your body language appear more masculine. A lot of people also just find it really affirming to have that physical weight there. You know what I find affirming? Being able to get through the TSA line and not go beep every time because I have piercings in all sorts of areas. I'm, I'm okay getting through that because I don't actually have those piercings like you are. So welcome to your future people who are gonna hold up the TSA line for you so that they can get sensations. Now, finally, I'm gonna leave you with a bearded leprechaun. Yep, that's what my life has become now. I have to leave you with a bearded leprechaun who wants to make it very clear that while he doesn't have a wife, he does indeed have a spouse who also has a partner, and they are all non-binary. 
It makes sense in their world. Listen to how he talks, because I swear this could be the opening to a comedy sketch about how crazy the woke have become. Well, first of all, I don't have a wife. I have a spouse. They're non-binary, and we don't use gendered language in this household. Their partner is also non-binary and doesn't use gendered language. In fact, my spouse's partner and I are very good friends. I've known them longer than my spouse has. Uh, me, my spouse's partner, and my spouse's partner's partner were all in Scotland not that long ago for a lovely vacation. It's called ethical non-monogamy, or polyamory. Maybe you've heard of it. Anyway, have a day. Yeah, little leprechaun. And I say that wearing green and being a person who is probably the height of a leprechaun. But I don't have whatever it is that's going on in his world. Well, thankfully, we're going to wrap things up for this segment. Because uh, I've had enough and I'm guessing you have too. So you can be sure, of course, there's going to be more craziness next time. And I'll be here for it. And hopefully you will too. But until then... Stay sane, America. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, so Katie Patrick, let me ask you una pregunta. A question. What? How often do you tip at a sit-down restaurant? Always. And And would you ever tip a self-checkout at a grocery store? No. Why? Yeah, yes, sit-down restaurant, no. Grocery store. I'm doing the work, and they are getting paid hourly. That's easy, easy answer. Like, well, paid well hourly, not like server's wages. Okay, well, this is interesting. Americans are split on the idea of tipping a computer in a store, especially after you did all the work, as you just said. So we have a video to uh, set this up, watch. I think it's odd. The tip is for work that's being done above and beyond and doing extra. So if nobody's doing the work for me, why would I be tipping them? Five, oh, nine. The rise of self-checkout has eliminated the need for customers to interact with employees in businesses across the U.S. However, it has not eliminated the option to provide a tip. Uh, first thought is I would have to probably know where that was going, but if it went into a general pool, I would say it was positive because it would benefit all the workers. Consumers are being met with prompts to throw in some extra money at self-checkout machines in airports, stadiums, cafes, and other shops. Rachel Wolf is a consumer behavior reporter with the Wall Street Journal. She says surveys show that people feel pressure to tip on these machines. So tipping researchers say that people are much more likely to 
say yes than to say no when prompted with a tip when you're thinking about the people who are stocking the shelves, even if you're not actually seeing an employee. Uh, tipping researchers say that companies are taking advantage of the fact that consumers are more likely to say yes. While tipping at a self-checkout machine may seem a little counterintuitive, some people are okay with the idea. You get to choose to opt in or opt out, and especially if there's like a an amount you can put in. But others say if they've had little or no interaction with employees, there's no reason to do it. Um, is the tip for me for doing the work? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Is the tip for her for, for doing do the work? All right. Well, when it comes to tipping, when a person's collecting the money, a recent survey found that more than 51% of people have given a few extra bucks when an iPad asked them to, and 54% feel pressured to tip when the employee turns the iPad away. Agreed. Also, 45% said they feel like they've been tipping more over the past few years because more businesses are asking during checkout. Yeah. I will agree with that yeah, uh, yeah. happening with the whole, like, iPad. Yeah, they swoop it around. Give me, let's give me your signature. And they didn't do it. Uh, there's, this, there's a place in Green Bay that I go to, and I won't mention the name. Mm -hmm. And I grab my stuff out of the cooler, and I, I fill up this thing. I take it up to the counter. There you go. They put it in a bag for me, and I take my card and go like this, and then they flip it around for my – and it's got, it's got that thing right there. Yep. So at a tip, I'm going, well, what did you do? But, mm -hmm. oh, give, you, give me a bag. I mean, is that worth what? five six seven twenty whatever dollars it's it's yeah. no but you do feel like okay are they feeling like well this is my job i don't get paid enough and it's not even necessarily them because that is turned toward you and as someone right behind you in line seeing whether or not you're adding the tip like there is and i give that a big brush. i don't care what people think <laughs> they're standing behind me yeah but okay and this <laughs> this goes to me and my whole like side hustle here of working at a well I don't say it's work. It's more enjoyment. Uh, working at uh, an apple orchard where we do caramel apples. Mm -hmm. I do the whole song and dance, making the caramel apple custom made right in front of them. Woo, here's the caramel. That's And here's different. your toppings. And here's all the special. It's like a, it's like a song and it's dance. It's not only a creation, okay? but it's a performance as it's well. It's a performance as well. Zero dollars. I've gotten zero dollars in tips. People have tried to tip us. We, we, any extra money they would like, wish to pay, which we don't have an iPad that says tip here. We just have a little jar and half the time it's not out. And all <laughs> that money goes to donations for a family in need for that season. But we do not accept tips. You know why? why? Because we get paid hourly to do our job. If but this what if starts people want to give you more? The good donations. But the thing, we never pressure them. We never ask right, there's right. just a jar sometimes this so people do have the out. option but it's completely on their own we right. are not and i don't i don't personally get any of it because i'm paid hourly if you start doing this especially like grocery stores okay and you start putting like they have it on the self-checkouts now normally on a self-checkout you would your purchase is maybe 50 bucks because you don't have a lot of items but people buying alcohol <laughs> might have more item or uh, more higher dollar amount items. Yeah. And so if you put a 20% tip on $100 of groceries, you, <laughs> whoa, you know, like, and you're, you are still the person doing all yeah. the work. That's going to give grocery stores and anywhere else the opportunity to what, pay their workers less because now they can be like, well, they're getting tips. Like it's a fine line of how you would do that. Yeah, That's why I, waitresses I get paid yeah. lower because yeah. they get the tips. Yeah. So I... I'm not a fan, personally. That's the long and short of it. All right. Well, thank you for your honest, honest uh, feedback on that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up this week. I learned a thing. You learned. Did Wait you learn a minute. A I'm not sure this week if I. Okay. Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Okay. Excellent. Good. Good to know. All right. For Katie and myself, thanks for watching, listening, supporting, and sharing this show on social media. Until next week, stay educated, America. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.